We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Right now, try to make a decorated pot on bedrock and you'll find there is no recipe. Even if you have the pottery shards, there is no automatic way to craft them. You have to manually place them in the crafting table because that's what's popular on Java. Although there are some Java features like the slash build biome command, which if you try on bedrock will not work whatsoever because despite coming in the last update, which was meant to be the same on both platforms, it isn't available on bedrock. This is a parity issue, but couple it with something like the raft, which is excellently designed visually, but has zero code changes and you can start to see where some of the problems with 1.20 lies, really great development held up by weird directional changes. Today I'll be talking about that as well as my recent trip to 4J Studios, developers of the now defunct console edition, uh, to talk about exactly what's going on up there uh, and some of the things that I learned and that are really important about the uh, the old free editions of Minecraft and what the developer from this last edition has been up to, as well as the issues the other two versions are kind of having keeping up with each other. So that's what we're talking about today, it's gonna be a lot of fun, but first things first, I think it's important to note that 1.20 has been out for almost a month now and it is still a blast to play. I genuinely am enjoying every structure and every new adventure situation I come into much more and that is what Tales and Trails set out to do and it's doing it really well. In the same way and this in the same vein of the Never update making the Never actually an interesting place to explore, uh, the 1.20 update has made going out on trails, you know, going out uh, making your own tales about them, it has made them much more exciting and that is something that is really really good. I think it is rare that an update theme really nails its objective, uh, at least in the last few years. I mean, if you look at the wild update, did it make Minecraft more wild, or was it just a small batch of content, uh, you know, kind of uh, akin to the expiration update of the past, uh, if you 1.11, for those of you unfamiliar with the old days of Oh, just a few years ago, but 1.11, uh, <laughs> wow, all the way back in 2016, who could imagine the, the dark days of then? Man, 2016 is seven years ago, but if we go back to the 1.11 update, it's called the Exploration Update, but really it was go explore and you might find a woodland mansion. One rare possibility doesn't make the rest of the game more worthwhile, so the Exploration Update failed in the same way the Wild Update failed, uh, whereas the Never Update did a really good job in making the Never uh, a brand new place that really felt as fresh as it the first time you came into Minecraft, and the Tales and Trails update succeeded and went above and beyond making the exploration aspects really worth doing. There are also all sorts of new reasons to build, it should be noted, two new types of color palettes. I think this update does a lot of good in those ways, and I need to say it nailed its objective in terms of what it adds to Minecraft, but what it doesn't nail is what it thinks that adding to Minecraft really means, and what it even thinks Minecraft means. This is the, the really weird thing that no other game has the problem of, what do you mean when you say 
in Minecraft. Genuinely, you can't have a conversation at the at the pub. You can't have a conversation on a plane or on a train or even uh, I, I I spoke to someone on Tower Bridge about Minecraft recently. It's a very pretty bridge in London. It's the one that goes like this. Um, I don't know how it happened, but I was talking to them about Minecraft, and it's always tricky to have that first conversation about so. Which Minecraft, just to clarify, and you know, the, the clarification of which Minecraft is meant to be less and less important. Mojang as a developer wants it not to matter which Minecraft you're playing, and instead you just be like, yes, 1.20 came out for both versions, and in terms of the release date, it happened exactly the same, it happened within an hour of each other for Java and Bedrock, that's good news. In terms of the actual uh, structure of the update, the major features, you don't have to say, oh, the sniffer, that's a Java only feature, or oh, the camel, that's a Bedrock only feature. Almost every player who plays 1.20 has the same rough experience and that is good in general. I mean that's really impressive I have to say as a baseline but what I think is the problem is the direction of Minecraft because updates themselves have this clear theme. Developers have this really great idea. They start talking about it. They make a great gameplay trailer and it's really clear what's happening and then somewhere between that you know the lot in the nine months since then uh, there's a lot of clearly meddling that happens along with like well what does it mean to release an update for Minecraft which leads to things like yes there there are commands which came out for Java where there was no attempt made to bring the bedrock or if there was an attempt made it wasn't public there wasn't like a we tried and we failed it was a oh yeah we didn't assume that commands had to be available in both versions so the updates immediately get slightly different and then also the structures which you find in this update for example are differently uh, different rarities on Java and bedrock finding the desert well uh, for archaeology is double as likely on uh, you know the bedrock version whereas finding never fortresses which is way more important because the trims are so hard to find and also the never fortress is essential for beating the game so something so key and so important which they just updated a little bit and gave you a reason to go to double as likely on java as it is on bedrock the fact that it's double in both cases by the way is really odd I, I, there's got to be something about the game code working there but such a simple thing that makes the update so wildly different to the end player something that makes the never fortress not just a thing you find everywhere but a thing you have to strive for these are the things which couldn't get fixed and i'm not here to make the argument that that everyone, everything in Minecraft has to be perfect all of the time. It is a giant game developed by hundreds of people. The code surely looks like spaghetti at this point, but there is a really essential point to say here that like, well, if these bugs are going to start piling up at the bottom, eventually they're going to start affecting the gameplay features. And I think that's what started to happen with this update. And there is the wider problem of like, well, what have they either, you know, like, um, you know, parity is the commitment they've made. Uh, a lot of people have always publicly stated, we want Java and Bedrock to be the same. But if at the same time, every time there's an update coming out you fix a few parity issues but you introduce more again uh, when when 1.16 came out that's when they committed to parity but 1.16 was different and obviously that was the first time so now 1.20 they've had four updates to try we still have major differences between platforms it's only in the case of commands that technical players will be using um, you know in the case of Java they have fill biome they have uh, they have another one of like replacing IT there's a lot of weird stuff you can do only on Java whereas on the bedrock version the slash camera command means that you can like actively make 2D platformers without any mods or any crazy stuff required. The level of depth that people are going to get from that is wild and even, uh, by the way, it's only available as part of the betas, but the whole editor mode where you can treat Minecraft basically, um, you know, like the, the entire 3D view that you used to be able to have uh, with Java tools only, that's built into Bedrock now. The directions of the game really are diverging in quite huge ways and I think this is why it's that, uh, this is why I mean when I say developers know what they're doing in terms of this is what Minecraft is as a game. We can make it better. But in terms of the, uh, I, I feel like somewhere in the organization, they have a debate as to what does the game mean? Does the game mean?
between there's two versions which they want to take in the same direction because you know you can go in the same direction at different speeds and you know it doesn't matter if you if you go in like this but they're, they're officially what they're saying is that Java and Bedrock will always keep up you know like we'll have eventual parity that is the goal but if you keep seeing them go like this if you keep seeing them go side to side then how can you ever assume that they're going to reach the same point you know it's a, you know, the other uh, the definition of a parallel set of lines is they never reach the same point but I think we're doing the exact opposite with Java and Bedrock where they're always getting slightly further and further apart there are always more clarifications you have to add about like well this works really easily this way on Java but if you want to do the same on Bedrock <laughs> um, there are always more clarifications about oh yeah this is the version of the game where there's the giant button which asks you uh, which begs you when you come into the game please buy microtransactions we don't like that you just bought the game we want you to buy more stuff uh, this is the version of the game that you know like has little pop-ups that say hey did you know we're selling stuff I know there's the marketplace button when you pause the game but you might not know about the new summer sale and so trying to pretend they're the same is just fundamentally not going to work I think the only reason to have this ambiguity about saying publicly it's gonna be the same one day and then privately having basically no real plan to getting there is so that you can have people say yeah don't worry about playing bedrock it's it's totally gonna be the same one day but ultimately adding all these features to bedrock even that aren't on Java also leads to the same feeling from Java players it's much less I'd say in general bedrock players are more jealous of Java than Java is of bedrock but it is still a very serious issue and that's before we start to talk about certain features and updates uh, like the raft which is uh, you know just my personal pet peeve of this update the raft is a type of boat it's made from bamboo instead of any of the other types of woods that looks entirely different uh, the major boat design of having you know looks it's like a mug right uh, so a mug you can see how the water stays in a mug I'm gonna pour some water in right now do you see how it stays in there for audio listeners, I just poured water in a mug and it didn't spill all over the ground. However, um, you know, like uh, there is water in my mug now, but imagine I have a phone screen, right? This is flat, there are no edges, and when I pour water on this one, I break my warranty and it's a very, you know, I, I don't, it's a foldable phone and the screen breaks and it's all terrible and I don't want that, but it would break, right? You wouldn't be able to keep it, you wouldn't store water inside of one, which is the same logic for what, you know, like for air. The very form and function of these two things is different. Now imagine that you say, yeah, when you cross ceramics sometimes you get this and sometimes you get this I mean one of them's a phone screen one of them's a mug but it's no no real issue wow a great mug that came from ibxtoycat.store too really really love the quality of this mug huh but um you know the, the truth is that like when you say they are the same when they're different it creates some confusion on that level but then the weirder bit is the fact that like okay so they're gonna have the same boat like properties that's fine ever people can suspend their disbelief I think I'm being a bit of a pedant when I say oh it doesn't have curved edges like the boat does but where I do think the issue lies is if you're going to make it look entirely different if you're going to have an entirely different thing and call it a raft and not a boat and then at the very last second say, but there's no different changes. Whether, you, you know, like I have this whole design worked out. It's going to look different. It's going to seem like it behaves different. It's going to have a different name, which implies something much more crazy. And then it's actually going to be exactly the same in every other way. You make the rest of the, uh, you know, game seem inconsistent. In the same way, if you try to work towards parity, and then the, you know, like, uh, you know, when Minecraft and Java and Bedrock work towards parity, which they do sometimes do, uh, there are all sorts of features that slowly change from one to the other. When they work towards towards parity but then make huge changes to the left it's like oh 
Did you not really think that we were coming together? And they're like, oh, I'll pull back a bit now, and then they go forwards and backwards. It does seem a little bit confusing and weird. Having a clear sense of direction is something that is absolutely crucial, and that is something that I think is lacking uh, with the overarching Minecraft theme. I think 1.20 was down to a point, and then it's the details that went missing. I think Minecraft's idea of having two Minecraft versions that are exactly the same is down as an idea, because one of those is C++, and therefore will work on every platform out there, right? Like, having, uh, you know, like a Minecraft bedrock exist and having it work, uh, you know, cross-platform between your Xbox and your phone, between your Xbox and your PlayStation, even your PC and your PlayStation is a really big achievement. It's a really big thing that they've pulled off there, but... And this is the really key one. Um, but if you're going to have that really big revolution achieved and then also not quite be sure what you're doing with it and not quite be sure if you really do want to have the same versions or have a way of doing it, that seems a little bit, uh, you know, kind of cheesy. I think this is, um, I think, so a lot of people like the modern world of corporations is corporations don't just need to uh, do things that are practical. The very, you know, the world of business is the world of getting stuff done, right? It is the, in some ways, it's the opposite of the world of art. That's why art and business kind of collide. Um, but the, it's important that when you're doing stuff, you do it for a good reason. And companies love to say, we're going to do this really great thing. We're going to reduce our carbon emissions to negative. That's our plan as a company. But if you don't set up actual goal, if you don't set up actual realistic steps towards your target, you're just saying things that would be nice. I think I will cut all homeless people in half by 2025 is a really nice, well, I mean, it's a really mean goal. I think I will, I will stop homelessness by 2025. It's something I can say and you'd go, but what are you going to do, Toy Cat? Aren't you a Minecraft, how are you going to do that? Isn't that two years away? Um, but if I just say like, oh yeah, I got this vague plan, I'm going to solve everything, then you should look at me and say, well, that's just ridiculous. You're just saying a nice thing. And I think that's the problem we get to with Minecraft. And I think that's the problem that uh, like a lot of Minecraft updates kind of suffered from. Like when people said, you know, when the wild update came out, people were excited by the idea of wildness coming across everywhere. And then people, they didn't work out how they were going to do it. Having a goal, having it be achievable, but also worth doing, is something that is such a big thing across all aspects of humanity. Uh, but I do think it's especially big in Minecraft. However, uh, a quick little, you know, this is the uh, deep in the mind, by the way. I don't think I mentioned that. This is back for a short little run. And something that is important to mention is the fact that this episode, episode 12, by the way, wow, been gone for a while. Um, this episode has been sponsored by Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs uh, stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slim up through the thigh and leg to give you a truly sculpted look. They fit way better than regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. I think this is my first uh, clothing sponsor, by the way. I mean, my, my, it's my first clothing sponsor, I'm pretty sure. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, Bird Dogs fixed this issue by inventing cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird Dogs uses anti-stick, uh, stink, sweat, wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Go to birddogs.com slash pool and use promo code pool for a free Yeti style tumble. Uh, it, Yeti style tumbler, by the way. You get a free bottle of water with your shorts. Your, your, your shorts that are going to be good. Sounds good to me. Uh, yeah, a free Yeti style tumbler is great. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise. And that is the word from bird dogs. And honestly, uh, I, I do have to say, uh, you know, this is the season of summer, right? It's the season where you want to be ideally not getting so hot. I get very hot a lot, and so I, I think it's actually important to uh, deal with that in lots of ways. Uh, drink lots of water is a really important first step. Ice water if you can. 
don't pour it. Don't just don't just pour it in mugs or your phone endlessly. Actually drink it. And the other thing you gotta do is maybe get yourself some clothing that's good for that. Because if you if you wear a winter jacket in the uh, in the warm months, do you know what go you know what happens? You you create global warming. I think that's pretty sure that's what happens there. Anyway, um, that's definitely uh definitely approved words from the sponsor there. Speaking of approved words, I do want to also mention uh, that this show. Uh, obviously, you, you might not know, uh, but it is available on Spotify. I'll link it down below. Uh, it's mixed in with a bunch of other podcasts. It's a part of the whole way that this show exists as a whole. Um, but yeah, deep in the mind, uh, look at me having a sponsor. Not, ju- not just rambling myself for no reason. There's like a real company paying me to do it today. Speaking of being a real company, this is something uh, that like I think Mojang would like to do. Having a clear goal is important. But I want to talk about 4J Studios because they uh, invited me up to Scotland recently. And uh, for full disclaimer, uh, they did pay for the flights. Obviously, I, I, I fly a lot anyway, but it's always cool when a company does that. Uh, but also, uh, they paid my accommodation for a night so that I could go there and see the thing. And I think that's important to mention is like full disclosure. Like I can hype up 4J all I like, and I've done it before too. Uh, but obviously, if I'm talking about something, uh, if, if I have something positive to say, it's important you know my bias is going into it. You know, I, I this is an in- important important part of like integrity on anything is like you might not think that a freebie influences you and I think for most people it doesn't but it's important to let other people decide that like if you if you think that I'm saying positive things because of that that's that's an opinion I, I think it's uh, you should be able to have um, you know that, that's that's why having the hashtag ad for say the uh, the sponsorship run what we do is really important also because like you know I that I, I'm not going to advertise products that I actively hate but I also uh, need you to know that like yes that is a company paying me to say things things uh and the, if they said if they gave me that list of things to say without money maybe it wouldn't go the same way if um in in the same way that I might not say please subscribe to the video if YouTube subscribing wasn't a feature which may you, you know, would allow you to see more things or I wouldn't say join the channel or go to ibxtoycat.store if I wasn't making a cut from those purchases understanding um, like a tiny bit of like, even though even if it's not a direct motive, understanding any financial motives is super important. And I'm allowed to say whatever I want about 4J. You know, there's that one guy at 4J, hate his guts, but I, uh, <laughs> if, you're, if you're watching this, that one guy at 4J, yeah, I know who you are. But I think more seriously, it's important to talk about at least a little bit um, 4J and the interesting struggle they were put, or not struggle, but the weird position they were put in as a studio when Minecraft PlayStation 4 stopped existing. For those unfamiliar, there's Bedrock and there's Java, but there used to be Legacy Console Edition, which was the actual, not cross-platform Minecraft, but the multi-platform Minecraft. Bedrock was only for phones, it was called uh, Minecraft Pocket Edition, and then they released Minecraft for Windows 10, but there was also Minecraft Java. So it was Minecraft Pocket Edition, but it also ran on PCs, and so then all the console versions, your Xboxes, your Playstations, your Sonys, your, your, your Nintendos, your, your Sega Dreamcasts, that was all done uh, by 4J Studios. They made seven separate editions. Really? Seven? Every time I think that, I'm like, nah, that must be overcounting. But the PS Vita edition totally counts. Anyway, they made seven separate editions of Minecraft, and, um, you know, pff, Jesus, by the way, really, every time I have to say, wow, that is a lot. But um, they, they made seven editions of Minecraft, and then uh, they committed to updating these for X amount of time uh, because they actually were uh, the game developer behind it, and they had stake in doing so, obviously, as you might expect. And so um, what happened is they made the next-gen versions of these games, but then just a few years after doing so and allowing people to upgrade for a small price, they, they set up a lot of good systems to allow people to basically move Minecraft from PS3 to PS4 uh, from uh, the X- Man, PS4. Wow. Uh, the Xbox 360 to the Xbox 
Xbox One, from the Nintendo Wii U to the Switch, they actually set up a lot of infrastructure, surprisingly, so that people could keep their games and uh, keep their worlds and the things that they loved. Um, however, a short while after releasing the last uh, edition that they did, I believe it was the Switch edition which released last, um, it was actually revealed that Bedrock was intended to come out for all these versions. It came out very, very slowly. There was the weird Minecraft for Windows 10 leak that happened. People, you know, they were testing if Minecraft for Windows, the uh, which was effectively Minecraft for phones but on Windows, would work on a console. And they tried a bunch, and they actually got it working. And so once they got it working, they said, well, right now is clearly the time to release this, because after, just before, uh, you know, this big announcement, they said, by the way, Android phones, iOS phones, and PC can all play together. Any Bedrock version is going to be capable of cross-platform with any other Bedrock version, which is why it was actually a big deal when they announced Minecraft will be coming to consoles as the Bedrock Edition. However, a little bit of a flaw came in, and that is that when it released for the uh, Xbox Edition, it was kind of buggy. So it took a few years for them to bring it out for the Switch. It took years for them to get a deal with Sony where they could bring it out over there. And in the meantime, 4J Studios developed this, and so it was only 2019, which was like years after the Bedrock Edition first launched, uh, that they actually finally, uh, you know, stopped updating the PlayStation Edition. And at that point, 4J Studios was no longer the developer behind any Minecraft version that actively existed. Uh, they are the last third-party Minecraft developer that, uh, like, actually had a base game. And uh, they made a, a version of the a game which was very much universally loved. However, once you stop developing that game, the question is, what does a game developing studio do from here? And that is, that is to me, like a real, a real case of fascination, because what would you do in that situation? You've built basically an entire studio up, uh, you know, like it, it existed before, there were people working at 4J, but the studio had to massively upsize to make Minecraft on seven platforms, and then they're suddenly told, oh yeah, you don't make Minecraft now, uh, that, you know, they had, uh, like a, presumably a very good run of uh, having made Minecraft for seven years, you know, going from making, like, uh, various ports of games to making the biggest game of all time. It's a big thing to have on the list of games and the, the things they've done, and obviously, as well as that, it has to be said, just a little bit, that, like, having the money from selling that many copies probably is a good thing, too, and so uh, they were put in a, a position that was still unique, which is, for the last four years, what have they been doing? And publicly, they've said, Next to nothing. They've only announced now, after all this time, we've, we're working on two things. But that still means in four years they've done two things, and why is that? And that's because of something really interesting. One is the fact that they are, you know, they, they, they're doing well as a studio, and they haven't had any time off. Instead, they've done something which everyone, every, like, creative industry wishes they had this ability to do it. They've been making games, and then saying, if it's not good enough, we can just throw it away. Um, the, the concept of this, I believe, was usually called game jams. It's like, put a lot of time into making ideas, develop the idea, if it sucks, you don't have to make it. When you're a fledgling studio, or when you're a fledgling artist, or whatever else you are, content creator maybe, who's just gone full-time, you have to make a certain amount of things, right? If you don't, if, you know, if I spend eight months making the perfect video, then in the seven months of our video, I haven't made any money. I mean, in reality, you make residuals from your previous projects, but, like, when you have very little of a back catalogue, you can't make big risks, and you can't throw away 
bad stuff. You have to just make bad things not so bad. But if you are a game, you know, if you are a game developer studio that's had a very successful run of projects, you get this dream situation of being able to just say, we can throw away bad projects. And, uh, you know, ultimately, like, uh, you know, like in that time, that also means you can polish polyps of concepts really nice. And so that is precisely what they've been doing. There's been, uh, you know, like a bunch of games, which ideas for like artists and various people to work on. And then there's been a lot of stuff happening elsewhere, uh, mostly with a lot of the people who did, uh, you know, tech previously. And so they've had two separate projects, one of which is well known. It's Manic Mechanics. It's a very cutesy artsy game. I'm, I'm really enjoying playing it. Like after, after this uh, podcast tonight, as you watch this, I will be finishing up that game and I'll, I'll let you know. I can't review it actually or anything. I can just say I like it. It's good. Um, it might be a little short, but uh, there's a whole area I haven't unlocked yet, so maybe it's a little longer. But it's a, it's a really good game. I like Manic Mechanics. But then there's a second thing they're working on, and that second thing is just described as big thing we can't talk about yet. And um, so obviously I can't say too much about it. I again under the the, the clarification, I am under NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. I could say it, but this video would just be removed, and I would have serious ramifications. And more importantly, I think I would be. Uh, probably putting their, you know, studio at some risk and they wouldn't want to show it to people again. Like, it would be a, a breach of trust as well as a breach of, you know, legal agreements. But at the same time, I, I, I do want to say that, like, yes, the studio is doing some really fun stuff. And also, I think it must be nice because for the last, se you know, for the, the seven years they're working on Minecraft, they were making someone else's game and they were making that game to certain standards. In the same way that, you know, right now, Minecraft has uh, kind of two teams, Bedrock and Java, and they're pretty co-equal. There isn't a team that dictates things to other people. There are creative directors, there are uh, leads of text, and there are all these roles that can dictate down, but they mostly work neutrally across both versions. However, something incredibly interesting is that, um, you know, as, as much as these do, both these things do work across both versions, um, the, uh, you know, and they do have the same team, uh, they did have 4J Studios, which was not the same. They could just be like, we're making this, later you will make that too. I don't know how it's going to work, make it happen. And uh, there were lots of ideas that 4J Studios had to improve Minecraft console. Some of those ideas even made it into the Java and Bedrock versions. Some of those ideas still need to make it there. But also, something interesting I learned is that they actually were, I, you know, like they were, I, I'm not required, but they were uh, heavily, uh, you know, encouraged to make unique content as well. Some of this unique content was their own ideas. So, uh, you know, like uh, making stuff like the uh, the mashup packs. The Mass Effect mashup pack was a thing. They just, they reached out to the Mass Effect guys. They got it made. It was a really cool thing. But also, uh, the mini games were something they were required to make happen. And so they did. They made unique content for uh, the console edition, which is still some of the best stuff out there, by the way. It was a really big launch, a really big release, in addition to making all the title updates. Um, but the fact is that they managed to do that at the same time, and they managed to make fun mini-games, which is, I think, the model they basically can go for now. They can work on something big, have the big key coding branch happening over there, while having a lot of people work on the fun, artsy side of making new content for existing things, which is kind of the goal you would really want as a studio. So, anyway, what are the what are the overall insights from what I'm saying, though? The overall insight, I would say is first of all that 4j is a resilient you know like i i i i i'm more impressed by them now than i was previously previously i was like yeah wow that is a big thing to have to do as a studio now i can see that like they aren't at this point i think a, a lot of people after having a big success maybe one the size of minecraft console edition would just retire give up rob but you know like i think it's a really bold move to double down to say yeah we did well what if we did even better next time? Um, that like uh, there's the the idea for one hit wonder is widely known about, and so to actively try and be like, no, I I think we can do well, even if it's not as big, we're gonna 
go for the second hit. That's that's huge to me. But um, the other thing that I think is huge is that like keeping the same model of trying to keep multiple projects on the go is a really important thing. This is maybe a lesson, uh, you know, if we if we take one thing from this video, one of those is like corporate structures are confusing and you can say one thing while doing absolutely nothing to go towards it. So that's 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 a huge thing. And the other thing I would say from this video is that um, the way uh, like these giant companies behave with their successes is something uh, that you could, you know, that you can learn from whether positively or negatively. If you have a big uh, success trying to go trying to you know win that into second ones is great but also trying to do multiple big things at the same time uh, it sounds counterintuitively it sounds like a bad thing but limiting your exposure to one bad idea because ultimately creatively no matter how good you think an idea is you don't know how good it is until you put it into the world if I spent eight months working on a video making it perfect and then that video was the history of feeding birds in Minecraft Maybe no one would watch it. Maybe it would be the worst idea, and you'd rather just watch, uh, you know, my top five, uh, you know, like, uh, ways to destroy a woodland mansion in Minecraft. You know, the truth is, it's really hard to actively know what resonates with people. This is one of the hard things about being a YouTuber. It's one of the hard things about being an artist or a game developer, and it's one of the hard things about life as a whole. There are moments where you need, you know, like, uh, when you're having a conversation with someone, like this podcast, which is definitely a conversation, you need things to land, and if they don't, it can be really tricky. And so that's why it's always worth having a backup, having a second thing that is just as good or almost as good as your first thing, so that if your first thing sucks, you can get straight onto the second thing. Have a backup plan in life, because if you don't, something goes poorly. If you if you bring one parachute, do you know what happens when you don't have one? Uh, well, you know what happens when it fails? Well, as we all know, there's uh, the famous uh, you know, phrase that you can skydive as much as you, 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 you can skydive without a parachute, just only once. Oh, you, I guess you could also, you know, actually the modern version of that, sorry. Uh, you, anyone can go and see the Titanic in a submersible once. Anyway, with that said, I hope you all enjoyed uh, the podcast. I want to give a quick update because it's back after a while. Uh, this will be back over the summer for a few episodes. I am trying things out a little bit more over here. And uh, yeah, it, it is a very curious like setup we have here uh, in terms of how it is uh, set up and all that stuff. But uh, I'm, I'm going to get a shot. And so as part of that, I need to mention, not only should you check out the link down below, if you do so, it does uh, make me look better. Also, like the video, it's a very good thing. But also check out the show on Spotify um, because that is a key thing. Uh, that is part of my deal uh, to do this podcast in the way that I do it. I hope that you enjoy it. It's, uh, again, it's a podcast. It's a link to lots of other things going on there. Um, but yeah, I will be getting a few guests on to do some fun things over the next few weeks. And I'll be pushing my comfort zone a little bit with how I talk to people. It's, it's I, I, I do most of my recording solo. I'm, I'm very much a introverted, don't want a scheduled time to talk to people person. But I'm going to try and do that over the next few weeks to bring you some interesting people with some Minecraft perspectives that you might not have already heard of or had. Anyway, thank you very much for watching. Tomorrow I'll be streaming again. And uh, also tomorrow, the That's Future Me Problem shirts launch. So look forward to seeing you there at ibxtoycat.store. But uh, for now, thank you. <laughs> you know, for now, that's Future Me's problem. And for now, I hope you'll enjoy the show. Check out the links down below because I'll see you next time. Goodbye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? 
Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.